Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is BP. Hello! This week we're playing Floor Plan, designed by Merrick Tupi, developed by John Breaker, who also did Cartographers, and Nolan Nasser. Uh, the artist is Dan Doherty. It was published last year, 2020, by Deep Water Games which we've played uh, one other game from Deepwater, which is Welcome To. Oh, okay. Uh, in floor plan, you're the architect. Build rooms, plan outdoor features, and compete to create the perfect home for your clients. Plan wisely and build a dream home, one roll at a time. The mechanics are dice rolling, paper and pencil, and simultaneous action selection. Is paper and pencil really a mechanic? I mean... Or tool. I, I feel like they've broken up roll and write into two different mechanics. The rolling, because you can <laughs> roll in tons of stuff. Right. And then writing, <laughs> which, yeah, pen or pencil to paper. Okay. Uh, and how would you describe that box art? Uh, it very much resembles uh, what modern floor plans look like if you ever go out on the interwebs and try to search for them, which I do quite frequently. So it's got like some contemporary, you know, late 20th, 21st century uh, image of a front of a house with then some of those, um, what would look like a blueprint architectural mm -hmm. drawing for the rest of the home off to the side with a, a woman crossing her arms some dice and a pencil. And she's wearing like a a nice like blouse with a with a like looks like a suit jacket. Mm -hmm. So she's either like an architect or one of the clients or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh and it's got like this effect where it kind of just like the like the CAD slash blueprint drawing kind of like flows into mm -hmm. a, a built building. One with looks like sort of aluminum siding and then going into regular siding and then going into stuff. I feel like it's trying to be like different building styles going around to a, a tree. And then just to emphasize the roll and write, there's a pencil and some dice. Um, so BP, you actually purchased this game. Uh -huh. Why did you pick it up off the shelf? <laughs> I love floor plants. And I love roll and write, so it's perfect for both of us. I know. Uh, no, but I really do. I own books of them, uh, especially for historic homes, Agri. Uh And as we were walking by, saw not only this, but also uh, there's one that the same people will be coming out on the Winchester Ministry House. So I'm mm -hmm. very excited about that. And stay tuned for a future episode when we talk about all our Gen Con stuff where we will bring up right. uh, things that we saw on that. That is one of the things. So, uh, spoiler alert, we did purchase this, or really BP purchased this. I purchased it. At Gen Con. Um, I was, yes. Yeah. So I guess that that is the, absolutely you would pick it up off the shelf. Mm -hmm. um, I would pick it up off the shelf too. It's a roll and write, which I enjoy, uh, or it's a genre that I enjoy. And I've also heard good things about it. Okay. Um, and I have been thinking about this one for a while because when I heard about it, I was like, oh, this is a theme that BP would like. <laughs> so. Well, and I feel like uh, I didn't know about the Welcome To, um, uh, uh, nor the Cartographers. And of course, we like. Yeah. Cartographers, different company. Right, but right, developer. Right. Um, and I would have to go back and look. I, I don't know if John Brieger was. He actually might be the designer. Let's, let's, let's turn around real quick 
and <laughs> we'll we'll go to the uh, no. So he uh, was a developer for cartographers as well. Okay. No, Jordy Aiden was the designer for cartographers. Okay. So, yeah. Um, how do you think it's played? I think we roll some dice. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> go on. But it's not a roll and move because we're not moving <laughs> anywhere. Yes. Uh, but I, uh, looking at, we have our papers already in front of us and based on the paper that I'm looking at, uh, based on the number you roll, you build that type of, or draw in that type of room. Uh, and it looks like we have some, I guess, achievements, right? So your, your client wants so many things. And so you hope you get those roles that you can provide your client with what they want. And then based on how many of those uh, things that your client wants, you will get, uh, I'm supposing some kind of bonuses. I feel like I'm cheating when we do these games, uh, when it's just you and I, we have the game in front of us because you get to look at all the components. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it's, when we're doing it virtually with Eric, you can't see the components and you guys are just kind of trying to make it up. I think yeah. I, I feel like I need to start hiding the components. Well, I feel like when I asked about this, though, uh, again, spoiler alert. On yeah, the, the person working yes. uh, the booth did kind of explain it to you. Yes. So there's, a, there's a, a, a plethora of routes of cheating that you got Is to... Is this cheating or just... <laughs> well, it's mean... also a roll and write. Like, how many options do you have? <laughs> That's fair. You roll something, you draw stuff on a on a some piece of paper. Some sort of gridded map? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the history of floor plans. Yeah, actually, kind of. Um, first, like, I was scratching my brain because not only have I obviously been into these, but um, even teaching art history... We would often show plans of various temples um, or different pieces of architecture to demonstrate to students kind of how people conceive of the spaces around them and the designs they want to go into those types of spaces can really uh, give you an idea on um, uh, I'm sorry, on uh, the culture, right? And kind of, again, how environment, not just environment, but like the built spaces uh, can demonstrate cultural references. So some of the early ones I really remember that were definitely drawn. Uh, we're not necessarily always like um, the temples or right pyramids or things like that didn't necessarily come specifically with right drawn plans. We mostly developed some of those later. But what we do have is evidence that many of the urban spaces that these um, came from did have conceptions of uh, former planning, right? Unlike if you think of a medieval town that just seems like, right, uh, it grew up kind of organically with like streets and alleyways that don't really seem uh, very well thought out or laid out. Some of the actually very ancient cities that we have were built on specific grid systems with even sanitation systems thought and laid out amongst them. And so I find that really interesting and cool that, you know, from a very early point in the way that humans conceived of space, um, 
in some instances, right, there was this, this huge plan. But thinking of the medieval period, one of the earliest actually drawings, so floor plans that we do have, is from a monastery in the uh, 9th century. Um, the way that the drawing was laid out, again, shows uh, some great mathematical, right, farmer planning. Uh, the actual cathedral and monastery was not built in that fashion, however, uh, but we still have the plan, at least the, the conception of how this monastery should be laid out. And that was the plan of St. Gaul. By the Renaissance, uh, you have some Renaissance engineers and architects uh, laying out, again, very precise blue, blueprints, if you will, and we'll get to how we come up with the name blueprints, uh, in Brunelleschi, uh, and then by the 19th century, you really start to have, right, with industrialization and especially specialization and urbanization, all in place, all these Asians. Um, along the same time, you have specific tools being developed, specific papers being developed. You have even kind of factory-like uh, layouts of people working to produce house plans and uh it's it's really fascinating because before then uh you really would just have maybe famous buildings would have drawings uh but by the 19th century of normal drawings and by the mid 19th centuries when you actually have the special paper uh that allowed a draftsman to um very detailed out white lines on blue kind of carbon copied papers, and that's how we get them called blueprints. Uh, and then eventually uh, they would be just uh, white pieces of paper with blue ink being made for some of the drawings. And so you have by the end of the 19th, early 20th century, uh, much more white paper with blue lines until by the end of the 20th century, you have, as you had mentioned, uh, CAD, right? The computer aided, um, Drafting technology, uh, which of course helped with precision and calculations, and of course also with uh, the ability to have digital copies uh, available to everybody uh, and easy, right, to make revisions when needed. So I'm assuming we're going something with some of our kind of more 19th century uh, foremen, if you will, in our drawings. When I think blueprints or floor plans, I always think of heist movies where they like roll mm, out the floor mm -hmm, plans so mm -hmm. they like somehow got in order to plan out their heist. That's what I think of. So floor plan is going to be played in rounds. Uh, each round players are going to use the rolled dice to add elements to their blueprint. And the game ends when a player fulfills their sixth uh, client demand or cannot use both dice. Players will earn points based on client demands. The first player is... It's like, there's no first player, everything's simultaneous, so. Uh, you just thought you were so funny yep. just now. Uh, the, begin the game begins with a player setting one of the dice to a value of six, and then we will roll the other die, and that will be our starting room. Uh, so when we roll the dice, uh, except for that very first setup roll, one of the players is gonna roll both dice, and then players can do one of two things. So uh, you can either build, so simultaneously all players uh, use the results of both die to draw uh, on their the, a room on their blueprint. So, for example, if you rolled a three and a four, you could draw a three by four room or a four by three room, and then based on those two dice, you can label it how you want to. 
or not how you want to, but matching one of those dice. So for the example of a three and a four, uh, it could either be a bedroom or a kitchen. One of the values is set to a six for the very first room that we draw. We roll the other one, it's always going to be a living room. So you always start with a living room and you're gonna build around that living room. So that's one option. Your other option is you're, you can draw two sets of features. So you can take the two uh, dice that you drew or that we rolled, uh, and we can select uh, two of the features matching those die. So with the example of a three and a four, uh, you could either, uh, you could draw three windows and or draw four furnishings. Uh, the number is the number that you're supposed to draw. And you, if you can't draw all three, because you don't meet the requirements, you can't select that thing and you can't use that die. So when you select three windows, you always have to draw three windows. Okay. Uh, the deck section will always be outside. Can't really <laughs> build a deck inside. Um, and if you have an, extra, uh, an area surrounded by stones, the inside of that stone enclosure becomes a pool. So you can build a pool in your house. Uh, so some rules with rooms. Uh, they, they can't be drawn inside of another room. Okay. Uh, they can't enclose a smaller room. Uh, they have to enclose, or they, they can't enclose a previously drawn feature. So if you create a pool, you can't then make it an indoor pool. Uh, the pool is always outdoor for this game. Wow. Uh, and they can't overlap another section. So, and then once everybody has done their simultaneous action, we'll check for the end of game. So again, uh, when we complete a client demand, we will put it on one of the post-its at the bottom of our player sheet. Once a player has filled up all six of those, that will trigger the game end. Uh, every other player who hasn't reached six demands will get one additional turn. Mm. Uh, to finish a client, uh, so we'll reveal some clients here. So in the game, you will always have a build client, a design client, and a layout client. So when you complete one of the client demands, you'll pick the value. So um, this build one that we have here, Isabel, she is a she, her. Uh, she wants a couple's bath. So she wants two uh, washrooms connected to the same bedroom. So it gives an example here. It doesn't have to match the example, but when you complete that, you'll get seven points. So you'll put seven points in one of your post-it notes. Okay. When you use that post-it note, it will also give you a bonus. And we're all gonna start with a wild. So the wild uh, free bonus, you can set one of the sides to anything that you want, and that's only for you. So if we roll the dice, I have the dice value, and you can change one and use up your free uh, wild. There's also um, a double a room, so you could create a room twice. Uh, and there is a get two bonus doors, and then uh, get uh, a double feature. So you could, instead of having a window, the example with a three and four, instead of having three windows and four furnishings, you could have six windows and four furnishings. Uh, when the game is triggered, like I said, each player who hasn't met the end game conditions will get one additional turn. And then each player scores the end of game bonus on the layout. Uh, so this little door icon means that at the end of the game, we will get uh, you'll do bonus. That's the score that we'll get in the end of the game. And we'll put it in the little door spot on our uh, player sheet. Uh, the player who reached uh, six client demands first will also get an additional three points. Uh, all the points are then added and the player with the most points is the winner. And ties will go to the player who used the fewest bonuses. And if it's still tied, we share the victory. Well, let's roll and write. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
just finished a game of floor plan. Uh, BP had 37 architect points and uh, I had 54 blueprint points. So my winning strategy was trying to make small rooms and then just try to shove as much stuff into the small rooms as I could. Um, so I have some furnishing. I got some bathrooms with some sinks and some toilets and a bathtub, a couple trees. I tried to make a second pool in the backyard. I've got a couple ponds flanking my path up to my, um, and then I have like a, 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 a mother-in-law suite outside that you have to go out the front door. <laughs> Not even hidden by the back door. Uh, I guess if it had been in the backyard, it could have been like a pool house. What was your strategy, BP? Just try to get stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to have a strategy in a roll and right where it's you don't know what yeah, you're Yeah, you don't know what you're yeah, you don't you don't know be. what you don't know. Yeah. Um so theme. how do you think the theme was? Did I feel like I was drawing a house? Yeah, did you feel like you were drawing blueprints? Yes. I mean, like to the ones where I used to do when I was a kid, although I was never very, as you see my drawing, my doors are pretty funny looking and so are my windows, but that's okay. I still enjoyed making these types of drawings when I was little and putting rooms and figuring out where they should go. I always had those spiral staircases in my house. Mm, everybody loves a good spiral staircase. Um, On a floor plan, but like... In real life, I don't know that I actually really like them. No, I'd be down with spiral staircase. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely felt like we were making blueprints. That there were definitely choices that I made based on like, oh, that doesn't, that wouldn't look good there. I don't want that there. Um, I thought about having like an outdoor closet, but then finally was like, oh, I need a door to my closet, and I'll put it into this bedroom. Oh, I never put doors to my closets. Yeah. So I have, I have, I have a one bed, two bath house but with a pool. I also have a, well, because I have a, a second bedroom that is completely outside with no windows or doors. So I guess it, it depends on how you define bed because I think a bedroom is supposed to have a closet. Really? So, yeah, I think that's where it's how it's defined some places. And so okay. my outdoor bedroom, my, my mother-in-law suite is technically not a bedroom. Although I think you could put an armoire in there. Um, and you could make it a bedroom because I think right. that counts as a closet. But I don't have a door to mine. So thematically, we think it's pretty solid. Yes. Yeah. Um, table presence. I think it's cool. Um, I mean, obviously, it grabbed my attention when I walked by in the first place because of my interest. But I think the cards, I mean, the art itself is nothing like... Yeah, super fantastic, but the cards are clear. Um, what I also really like about the cards um, are that, and, and maybe this is not table presence, but uh, that the characters that they have for your clients, um, they all have the pronouns. And so it's pretty cool because... Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I like that because it's a, it's a good reminder Um to us in this modern life. Well, I think it's not just the pronouns, but like there's a lot of representation. Yeah, for sure. Like people with different uh, capabilities yeah. and from different cultures. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. Like I noticed that like not just with the, the pronouns, but just like they really tried to like make sure that there were lots of people could find someone that they could relate to within. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a bunch of white dudes. For sure. That's nice. It is. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then, uh, obviously, though, my drawings are not as uh, probably turn your head. Someone might look at yours and be like, ooh, is that person an artist? That's so nice and precise. I think with a lot of rolling rights, I'm not sure, like, table presence is really what you're going for. Because, right. like, there's not a whole lot. Like, people are just rolling dice. You can see that in lots of board games. A game like Welcome To, where you have the cards sitting out, like, there's a little bit more table presence mm-hmm. to that. But, like, I feel like with these, there's not really a whole lot that draws you in. Um, and even like the box, you know, kind of, that's what drew you to it was mm-hmm. seeing the box and the name. So unless the box was set up so you could see that as well, I think it would be hard to sort of, you could figure out it was a rolling, right? I'm not sure if there's anything that would like pull you in. I guess so. it depends on who you would be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so BP mechanics. It's a rolling right. Yep. You roll some dice and then you draw some lines. Yep. Nothing crazy. No. Um, and I don't think there was anything in this game that like changed the genre. No. Because, uh, you know, the people talk about with, with Welcome To, like that became a flipping right and not a rolling right mm. since there's no dice. And then we started seeing more like flipping right games. So like Welcome To, Cartographers. I think there was another one that came out recently uh, that is a flipping right. Um so, yeah, so nothing crazy. Um, but I felt like the things that you had to choose, um, you know, do I make a room or do I add features? And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we rolled a five and a six like three times. It's like, I cannot make a room that big. Yeah. Not only that, it was like a five and a six is stuff that I don't want. Yeah. I wanted bedrooms. I wanted water closets. I wanted like I ended up adding a kitchen because I felt like, well, I need a kitchen for this house. To, like, because how are they going to eat? Um, so yeah, so I, I think that's where it really comes in is yeah. just, yeah. And then rules. How was it learning? There were some tricks for me. Okay. Um, just because I don't know, some of the wording I was like, wait, so can they go on these spaces versus that spaces? And then you'd done these things. And so I was like, well, I didn't think you could do that, but, um, I guess just some of that clarification for some of the client cards and trying to uh, follow along on some of the client cards is a little bit of a curb. I wouldn't say it's like a complex game by any means, but like there are some things you do need to pay attention to. Yeah. And I think there were some things that I explained that I probably didn't need to. Mm. I think you could go with just the basics of the game. So you either draw a room or you draw features that match each of the dice. Mm -hmm. And then when we flip over the clients, then you could go into, okay, this client wants this specific thing. Because I think I confused you a little bit with the furnishings because we had um, Isabel who wanted furnishings, Mm -hmm. but it was specifically the count of furnishings. And I had started to explain like, oh, then there's unique furnishings. And I think that caused a little bit of confusion that I need, didn't need to add in there. Probably could have left that for if we had drawn mm-hmm. the client who wanted unique furnishings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think in the future, that'll just change up my teach a little bit. Yeah. And then how you get the bonuses, because that confused me a little. Yes. And I think that would need to go into every teach mm-hmm. because that is that doesn't matter what you have up here, but you know, how, right. you, how you put stuff on the bottom. Yep. Um, but I think for a first playthrough, you know, those 
those are little things I feel yeah. like. So the rules were not confusing. It was very straightforward in terms of like how the rule book was laid out. Well, that's um, good. I think m- the confusion that you had was more from my teach and less the rules. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, once you asked the question, I felt like I was able to explain it and yes. you got there. Yes. Um, so there wasn't confusion for me from the rules. Right. That was a that was a my teach confusion. So okay. that's good. Um, player interaction. Yeah, it's a roll and write. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. I mean, uh, I did look at yours because you kept getting the thanks first, so I wanted to see what you were doing. And again, yours is so pretty. Yeah, I think the player interaction, a lot like cartographers, I feel like it comes in sort of at the ends since they're. Mm. I think cartographers though might have a little bit it's more because you do that. have the passing when you mm-hmm. get the the monster ambush. Um, I think with this one, your player interaction probably comes more from the end when you're like, oh, I have, you know, I have paw, and then you start like describing your mm. house and talking about it. So I, I think the player interaction, although Eric might go back and listen to when he edits. I feel like there were a lot of silent there moments. There was a lot of silence. We were trying to figure out where we were going, but then mm-hmm. occasionally there was like, oh, I made a mother-in-law suite <laughs> or, you know, something along those lines. So, yeah, not... Or I, me trying to see if you could have a view through the washroom. Yeah, and... and <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really does remind me of that house. It was like, it has an ocean view and you had to stand on a very specific part of the backyard uh-huh. and you had to have very good weather uh-huh. and then you could maybe see the ocean. Which um, if you ever lived near the ocean you realize there's always like cloud coverage anyway so (laughs) um and i think with welcome too so because with the clients here you could do the same client demand more than once Mm -hmm. and if i grabbed it with welcome Two, you flip it over and those are worth less points Mm -hmm. that's not the case here everybody's working for the same uh display so I, i felt like this really was kind of a solo game yeah um and that i I think that's one of the things where, you know, it says it goes from one to a hundred. Right. Because it has a hundred sheets in there. You can can play it with way more people. uh, But because there's only a hundred sheets, that's what they put on the box. Right. So, but it's very much a a solo game, I think. Um, So the, uh, the ultimate question, would you play it again? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to design more houses that are very ridiculously laid out. Yeah, I I would definitely play it again. I I think you made a a good purchase. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it it was fun. I I liked, you know, there's a spatial puzzle that you get with a lot of roll Uh rates. But I felt like this spatial puzzle was fun because you could definitely add. Thematically, I definitely felt like I was designing a house. Yeah. 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 Um, And so that was floor plan. So if you would like to hear uh, any impressions on uh, any type of games, roll and write or otherwise, just send them our way. You can find us at First Turncast uh, on the Twitters and Instagram or email us at firstturntabletop at Gmail. And the podcasting camel, as he is scratching his head with a pencil behind his ear, trying to figure out where can I place this stone? He looks up and says, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. And we look forward to hearing from you. So play more games. Does the the view have to connect from the bedroom or can it go through a window to connect? No, it's got to go to a bedroom. It can't be like that 
what was that one house that had the ocean view where you could only see it if you're in a very specific spot and the weather was good? Can these doors be French doors with windows? No. <sighs> I screwed up. Four and a five. I do have another bedroom that looks out onto a tree. 